the him trying to be controlling that part of it, I think was what the mom knew about. I don't know if it was necessarily, you know, as she was privy to as much as, you know, we're, we're starting to learn now. Kiki kept the DV to herself. uh, It seems, but she definitely didn't keep his penis size to herself (laughs) because the mama kept referencing that too. I'm like, why does the mama keep talking about his package in such detail? <laughs> what is Kiki saying? <laughs> what up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Buff and Rizzy. Fellas, season's greetings. <laughs> season's greetings and all that good stuff. Um, the Iron Bowl, man. It never, it never disappoints. And, like, I can say that as I'm not a, a Crimson Tide or War Eagle fan, but... War Damn Eagle. War Damn Eagle. I, I tend to watch it a lot of years and just the way I mean we had to kick six ten years ago I don't know what they've dubbed this one yet I'm sure there'll be a name for it but uh what was it fourth and 31 Rizzy something like that so, somewhere yeah, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that what a crazy game man um I mean props to the SEC well those teams in particular Iron Bowl Alabama and Auburn, man. It's always a good game. Always close, no matter what the rankings are. So I enjoyed that. Um, I do want to talk about the fact that there is major... First off, we've been gone for two weeks. So welcome back, listeners. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. All that good stuff. There is division among conservatives. I mean, this whole... um, This Gaza-Israel war, it is like dividing people on the right. Like... Unlike anything I've seen in a long time, you got Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro beefing. You got Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro beefing. You got members of the Republican Party that are not agreeing with uh, continuing to fund Israel for this. While you got other members saying, no, we have to. Uh, so it's just been interesting to see how the you got the old school love to go to war type of conservatives. And now you have these conservatives like, wait a minute. We need to spend that money in America. We need to keep giving them money. So that's been interesting to watch. And last, since we've been gone, man, it's been a ton of music that has dropped. We got Andre, speaking of division, we got Andre 3000 that dropped his flute album, The New Blue Sun. Uh, you got Rick Ross and Meek Mill, Lil Wayne and 2 Chains. I think Jeezy came out right before we recorded last time, but it's still relatively new. So a lot of songs on there, so you may have to take a few days to listen to that. And then Drake, because of the criticism, I mean, he literally said it on one of his songs, like because of the criticism he got for All My Dogs, he dropped uh, Scary Hours 3 and kind of going at some of his critics like Joe Budden, took a few shots at Pusha T, Kanye, some are speculating whether or not he took a shot at Kendrick Lamar. I don't think he wants that, but I think he did take a shot at him, so lot of new music out there for you to check out man so that's all i got it's been a lot that's happened since we gone I, i'm sure we may or may not um touch on some of it but it's a lot that has happened since we last yeah week. man and and did y'all see um drake is releasing the instrumentals 
for um the album so and he's like making sure that every anybody can get it and he wants them to uh, rap over it so he is he, he's he's <laughs> coming back to the streets a little bit for this one so i like it um that's all i got me man <clears throat> i left off a, i left out a big story i'm gonna see if one of y'all touch on it <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we'll see we'll see uh, all right, all right, uh right. I, I don't know but welcome to good burger home of the good burger I can't remember the rest of it, um, but may I take your may order? I take your order? Yeah, that. Um, so you know, I know y'all got you guys love the shit on Arby's, but uh, Good Burger Two is coming out, and Arby's has a Good Burger now. So if you want a Good Burger, hit up Arby's. Um, they have the meats, and get you a Good Burger. So, why y'all? Why y'all? Like anyway, shout out to. Have you tried it? No, I have not tried it because I got COVID and I can't go nowhere and do nothing right now. So, but as soon as I get out of this COVID slump that I'm in, um, I'm gonna go try it and see how it tastes. I mean, I did try Arby's burger when they brought the burger out and it actually is pretty good. Um, they cook it as uh, a medium. So it's a little pinker in the middle than most people are used to with their burgers, but that makes it juicier. So actually their burgers aren't bad. And so I'm, I'm kind of excited. I think the, the good burger would be a good burger get it huh 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 no so anyway um yeah so with that i i i do have COVID, and so i am glad that i was safe and didn't expose anybody else so i I found out uh right around thanksgiving so that night of thanksgiving and uh for any of our listeners that don't know we have this big thing called all class reunion at John L. LaFleur High School and so we were super excited about going there and because I started feeling sick and I thought I had the flu I opted not to go to all class and expose everybody to it and I'm glad I did because I found out yesterday uh, we're recording on Sunday so I found out Saturday that um, I do have COVID I'm, I'm positive for COVID uh, so I would have been out there in those streets just raw dog in the air and, and being a super spreader to folks so you know good thing that I, I did kind of make that decision so folks please if you are feeling sick things like that go take a test COVID's still out there COVID's real and and it can definitely harm people I mean people are still dying from it so don't think that it's over or whatever we still are in COVID times so did, did you get your COVID and flu vaccine this year? I got the flu vaccine not the COVID vaccine I didn't get the, the booster for it or whatever and so maybe that's it i didn't get a booster um but i ended up with the flu anyway and so you know i i, I don't know if those matter much um so but yeah i didn't get the that booster so maybe that that's it Bert. but either way uh yeah so i'm sick I'm, I'm sitting over here i'm sweating then i'm hot then i'm cold uh trying to figure out all that out so you guys might not hear from me as much today on the show but you guys know i love to talk so we'll probably figure it out and i'll still push through it um and last but not least man the marvels dropped so anybody who's on this mcu thing uh it dropped and then it dropped um over the two weeks it had the lowest opening for any mcu film and then it had the largest second week drop of any mcu film i think it was like 78 percent drop they haven't even broken 100 million dollars domestically yet and they spent almost 200 million dollars on development uh, for the production budget of it so they aren't going to break even on it uh, they aren't going to cover any of the costs 
there's a bunch of folks saying why they think that the Marvels did bad, but ultimately I don't think it was a good it was it wasn't a good movie. Um ultimately I mean when it comes down to it and Hollywood has to kind of wake up. Disney has been taking L after L. Wish opened up this weekend uh and it's bombing at the box office too. So it's just all the movies right now, people are it's too expensive to go to the movies for bad movies. Uh, it used to be that you used to be able to ride out on, oh, it's a Disney movie. We're going to make money. It's an MCU movie. We're going to make money. And it's not like that anymore. People are being really particular, especially Disney has to think through it. And Marvel has to think through, um, you know, they are a normal movie. Now it's not where you can just ride on the name. You have to actually make a good movie, promote it, make people want to go see it. Uh, and that's, I think, Marvel's biggest issue. Because what I'm hearing about the Marvels is it's actually an okay movie. It's a pretty good movie. It's not horrible. Uh, but at the same time, people aren't going to go spend the money that they would for an okay movie. And so Marvel just can't lean on the Marvel brand. They have to make good movies. They're, they're accusing it of being woke, too. And they've been at the Bre- Brie Larson since the first Captain Marvel. It's just that... That that wave, the whole Infinity Saga wave was just so strong that, you know, it overcame that and made like two billion dollars, I think. But now I think the whole woke argument is caught up with Marvel and they feel like she as a person is woke and they feel like the the character in the movie is too woke, which I disagree. I think Marvel has other problems, but. I think that narrative is starting to catch up with them. Yeah, it, it's, but they, they aren't. I mean, they, they are looking at diversity. The I think the problem isn't the wokeness of it all. I think what it is, is the, the most popular characters aren't these characters, right? Captain Marvel wasn't this super popular character that people are work, riding on. The MCU rode on Nostalgia. People try to say, oh, well, Iron Man was a B-list character. Thor was a B-list character. But they've had Avengers cartoons all the way back into the 80s and 90s, right? Like, we knew those characters. Even if they weren't the most popular of the characters, we knew those characters, and there was nostalgia around them. There was never a nostalgia around Captain Marvel, right? Nobody knows Photon. Like, Miss Marvel just came out in the last 15 years. So it's like, if you're not a true comic nerd, you're not going to know those characters and be like, ooh, I really want to go see those characters. If they had made a Storm movie it wouldn't have been there's no thought about oh that's being woke right it's like storm is the character we know and love cool let's make a movie about her nobody would have said anything about that so i think what's happening is they're picking characters and people are saying who are these folks and they're thinking oh you're just making it a a woke movie you're just making a women's feminine feminine movie because you know you have to and so now you're picking these obscure characters to give us this and force feed it down our throat that's the problem i think um I, I think they need to get to their bigger characters and use those for those women liberation empowerment type things and use those secondary characters as secondary characters. And I think that, that argument will kind of dissipate a little bit, but it's also stupid. I mean, it's a stupid argument anyway. I mean, if, if, if the movie's good, I don't think you get that from it just being woke, right? Like unless you're force feeding these kind of women's tropes and these women liberation tropes in there, yeah. you, you wouldn't get yeah, that, right? Okay. Like, I, I, exactly they did that once I felt like they did that once it was just a scene that kind of was like okay that was corny in game but it was in, yeah, in game in game, yeah. Yeah, in game. <laughs> I was like okay guys <laughs> but it was kind of cool it was it was one of those things that I'm trying to make an iconic shot right like it, it for there's some little girl might like that and be like oh I want to put that on my my screen I doubt it but you know 
maybe. And and so it's sometimes you do have to put those in there. They 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 don't have to look so forced. But um, yeah. you know, I I think they can do that. What's up, Bert? I think it's it was an okay movie. It wasn't bad. I took the family to see it. Uh, I think we rather enjoyed it. I think what it is is we still live in the world where people want their superheroes white and male. I mean, that that's still a big part of it. And if you're going to give me a female, you need to give me these, this A-list group of females. There's only so many women that right now or char- female characters that can uh, turn it around or just make it a box office, box office hit. It's sad uh, because we talk about representation a lot. You know, let's give Disney, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, let, let's try to give some representation. I mean, you know, in the last couple of years, they had Namor as uh, Hispanic and, you know, you got the Black Panther coming out. Um, they they made Thor a female, you know, they've, they've done a lot of things and it seems like all those things get pushed back. And it's it's still, you know, it's a sign of what we and I'm not saying myself, but what we really want. You know, if you're going to introduce me to somebody new, introduce me to a white guy. You know, that's what it comes down to. You know, Miss um, Marvel. I, I don't even know what what were her numbers or Captain Marvel. The initial movie the initial movie did over a billion. It, it, it okay. did really, really well. I think it reached close to two billion. If yeah. I'm worldwide. OK. If I'm not okay. Yeah. And so then you throw in two other females, lesser known characters who aren't white or male. The antagonist, female. I mean, and then also a good movie. A good movie has to have a good villain. I was not really impressed by the villain in the Marvels. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Uh, Marvel has not really had good villains. Um, even. That's that's always been an Achilles heel for them. It was yeah. like the only ones were like uh, Loki for a while. Some Thanos. people said Killmar, Killmonger, mm-hmm. and of course Thanos. Thanos was like, yeah, the, yeah that's it. They, you know, and, and the, they even killed like Gore the God Butcher would have been great, but then you had the whole Love and Thunder from Thor, and the rest of the movie sucked. So it kind of took away from Christian Bale and that. But Gore was a really good a villain. But again, they didn't do it very much. They they didn't do him really well. Um, but they have so many good villains. That's the problem. Like they they misuse uh, Venom, right? Well, that's Sony, but they they misuse them. Um, the Fantastic Four when Fox did them, and and they had Galactus and Doom. Like some of their best villains just aren't being used right now. So they're they're pulling out these B list characters, and their you know villains are just C list if if not D list. So some of the villains that they're pulling out just aren't that great. And then they're not doing them justice when they go through the movie. You have to, people want to get somebody nostalgia sales or recognition sales. Somebody I can, you know, I've heard this name before. The God Butcher, not really. I still don't remember the name of the, the villain from the Marvels. Um, and I, that was the most recent movie I saw. So, well, best of luck to them. Uh, it was a pretty good movie. It was a good family movie. Uh, my daughter enjoyed it, which was great. Yeah. You know, and that's 
to me, that's all that matters because my son has plenty of things to watch and relate. You know, he's a Sonic fan, so he can relate to Sonic. My daughter can relate, relate to Photon, you know, so it is what it is. Uh, outside of that, how was your uh, turkey day? I don't even like calling the turkey day anymore because I don't know if people are still eating turkey. I feel like Thanksgiving is becoming less traditional. Uh, now nah, we had turkey here and it was good. It was good. Um, Friday, second time doing that. So I think I've mastered it now. Because uh, it got a big, even a bigger bird than last year. Uh, so Tabitha definitely challenged me by doing that. But everything came out good, man. Okay. Jasmine Jasmine made a uh, an Asian-inspired dessert uh, that I don't, I don't think she cared for. But it was good to see her try something new. But uh, <laughs> it was good. I, I ate some of it, too, because I just was proud of her for even uh, doing it. Okay. Good day. It's a good day, man. Cool, cool. What what was it that she made? Do you know? Was it like mochi or? It was it was kind. It was like it was made with red beans. So uh, let's, okay, let's yeah, just yeah, start red, there. Like red bean, a red bean uh, pastry or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, so it was it was like this red bean mush, and then you wrapped it in dough, and then you steamed it. You steamed it. So, uh, but it, it wasn't bad. It's just you know when you eat a dessert, you don't expect red beans <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's definitely a, a, a huge I know she's in the anime and that's like real big in like Japanese yes. culture and anime and stuff yes. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah they do red bean paste red bean um, like dumplings and yep. all kind of stuff they have a red that's bean exactly stew exactly what it was yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. cool but I ate I ate some for my baby yeah now, it was good uh, for us. Uh, I went down to Mobile, and it, it's weird because I'm the only one that's outside the city now. All my sisters and my mom are in Mobile now, back in Mobile. And so I, it, it was kind of cool. I got to walk in and not have to do anything but bring that uh, cranberry sauce because I'm traveling. I'm the only one traveling. So that's, why, that's how I ended up with the cranberry sauce. And didn't even bring that, actually. Uh, so they already had some, so they didn't even use my can. But... Um, <laughs> 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 Bro, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> but no, it was good, man. Just having everybody together, like you said, the family being there. Um, you know, I started feeling sick towards the end of the day, and so everybody like threw me in a bedroom and wouldn't let me come out. So I didn't get to participate in the last few hours of everything. But um, it was still good, man. Just seeing everybody together, laughing, joking, and and just hanging out together uh being together you know it's it's our second year without my dad and so it still was kind of awkward a little bit but uh you know my mom was in good spirits and that was that was really uh you know helpful that she was in a good spirit and i think it was just having all the, the family there and everybody um together so uh, we just kind of rode with it man and and had a good time so yeah shouts out it was it was a really good thanksgiving Likewise, I had I hosted, had people at the house. Um, we did have a turkey. One of our guests brought a smoked turkey, and it was delicious. Really, it was. Um, glad he brought it. And then we did. Uh, we had a fish fry, so fish, shrimp, red beans and rice, mac and cheese, greens. You know, just kind of southern, southern, good southern meal. But we had good people over. Enjoyed ourselves. Good to see my nieces. Uh, home from college um, also got to you know I volunteer the day before well the week of Thanksgiving with various uh, community service opportunities but 
always like doing, giving back, especially around the holidays. Uh, meaningful community service is really big to me. Things where you can see an immediate impact and you can see the change that you're providing to people. So um, that was good as well. But Thanksgiving was good. Uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, if not my favorite holidays. So um, another thing, uh, shout out to the FAMU Rattlers for being the SWAC East champions, getting ready to participate in the SWAC championship game this weekend uh, against Prairie View, who we already uh, beat homecoming. So hopefully we can repeat that and go represent the SWAC in um, the big bowl game. So celebration bowl in Atlanta. So hopefully that, that happens really fast. So uh, anything else, fellas? Y'all ready to jump into it? Let's jump. And and Sophie can't come in and tell a joke because she can't come in and be near me. So, and I don't have one. So we're just going to go. So who's up first? Maybe I'll slide a joke in there somewhere later on. Okay. I thought you was going to use the one Hooli Hooli gave you one this week. He he did. He did. In the the text text thread. Great. You want to deliver it? You you remember? (laughs) Not really, because I didn't even catch. I didn't even catch on at first. I thought he was legitimately asking a question. <laughs> All right, Buff, let's go. Let you go first today, sir. All right, this is kind of like a. Um, this is actually like a re- repeat question. Okay, um, but it's kind of it kind of narrows it down to something more specific because I I can't remember if you asked for it or if I asked, but I remember we asked. What three people would you want to have dinner with? So it's it's this question is pretty much the same, but slightly different. What famous person would you like to meet? And what specifically would you want to discuss with them? So we're we're removing all the I wouldn't want to meet such and such because they probably wouldn't have a time of day for me. Like we're assuming that this person, you know wants to, you know, is open to speaking with you about whatever it is you want to talk about and it isn't going to be an asshole because a lot of these celebrity, celebrities they say you never want to meet your um, your favorite famous person your heroes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never want to meet your heroes, so let's assume they're not behaving like that uh, and you get to discuss whatever it is that you want with them, who and what would the topic be Living, by the way, I know sometimes we do this living or dead. Living. Yeah, because I was I was definitely thinking about somebody that was dead. So okay, all right, that changes things a little bit. I'll probably go with um, Wozniak from Apple fame. Um, so you guys know the 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 Woz worked with Steve Jobs and everything when Apple was gonna getting together. And everybody, not Apple, I mean, he was with Microsoft. So, <laughs> um, so he, he, I got brain fog, but <laughs> he, um, he was the one that actually did most of the developing and all that stuff. When who, who was it over Microsoft? Um, not Jobs, but Gates. Gates, Bill Gates. Yeah. So he worked with Bill Gates. And so a lot of folks, say that Bill Gates wasn't a developer. He did a little bit, but it was Woz that actually did everything uh, with Microsoft. And and so he is the one that 
understands technology and the future of technology and what's happening when we talk about AI and all that and, and what's going to happen. I'd want to see where he sees technology going, where he sees AI going, where where he sees what we can do with it um, and try to find that next big idea what you know you could use it for that I could maybe make some money off of because ultimately that's really what I want to do I want to figure out what, what's the next thing that in the next wave and, and how I can kind of latch on and, and figure it out because he's just so in the know with everything uh, you know, I, I you, you could maybe say Elon or somebody like that may be able to kind of do that same thing. But I feel like even Elon, you saw what he did with uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Right. I don't think he understands the technology behind what he buys. I think he's just like, I'm going to market, I'm going to brand it and I'm going to go from there. So I, I want to get down to the tech behind it and see what's going to happen. And so I, I think that's what Waz can do for me. Okay. I'm not surprised. I thought you might have wanted to get some famous uh, anime artists or somebody who. <laughs> I would. I would like to know. talk to Oda. Uh, Ichiro Oda is over One Piece. Uh, that would be kind of a cool. I, I want to know what happened. Or George R. R. Martin, right? And figure out how the hell Game of Thrones actually was supposed to end because season seven and season eight. Ugh. But I, I, you know, I'll, I'll keep that mystery for when Winds of Winter never shows up because he's never going to finish that book so I, I don't I don't think that's ever happening oh that is a tough one I don't even know this is going to be weird and I don't even know this person but I was very much I was very interested in learning more about my my family and my my ancestry over the last few years so let me Google find out who this person is. I want to find out who is the creator of, of African ancestry and just really sit down and pick their brain on like for one, how they got all this information, what their ultimate goal and with it outside of just, you know, if it's just a moneymaker, then great. But if, was there a real plan to use this information to, help connect black families, help connect people from, uh, you know, who feel maybe there's a part of them missing. You know, I think there is, there is a huge benefit to, uh, of course, identity, but understanding, you know, your ancestry, your culture, you know, um, trying to relate, you know, um, and I guess why African ancestry versus like ancestry.com other than it's they may know more about the history of I think they know more about they know about more about it like they are actually because I've done 23 and me and ancestry DNA is that the other one mm-hmm. and yeah I've done them both and they have good information and they're getting more information but it's focused worldwide and it's very vague, especially when you get into a lot of the African cultures um, and even with a lot of uh, uh, newer, Ameri- new, newer American data, right? It's like your people come from North Carolina, you know, uh, best of luck finding that information out and stuff like that, because 
um, and African ancestry is supposed to go down and be able to get down to specific areas, specific tribes in uh, Africa and say, hey, almost like, hey, your people are from uh, Plateau in Nigeria. Like it's this is the area, you know, this little hundred, you know, 10 mile square block is where your people are from. So and just wanted to figure out why they focused on that. Um, I'm hoping. Let me look it up. So it's Paige and Rick Kittles. That doesn't. It's not sounding very. <laughs> sounding very black. <laughs> they found a niche and they they went for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, every there's always a niche, right? Like that's how you make money. You find a niche. It is what it is. You know. Um, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, and some a lot of niches come from personal needs, right? Like you, if you tried doing all these things or tried tracing your ancestry, and you're like, you just hit, kept hitting brick walls. It's who else wants to know this? Who else would like to do this? You know. Um, so, I think that's where it would be because I just I don't know. I don't get impressed or I'm by the average celebrity um things i think i'm more of a thoughtfulness people who wanted to create or have a change in something if not that then i would just want to be mentored by whoever is the largest uh black mentoring organization their ceo or C- and figure out how to turn that into something for myself because that's where my passion is it's mentoring so nice and, but I haven't even researched enough. And before Buff starts, I want to make a correction. Waz was with Apple and Steve Jobs. I don't know how I got on the Microsoft side of it, but yes, it was Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, but so was the Steves. But yeah, it, he was on the Apple side. So I want to correct myself on that. I told y'all brain fog, fog. It's a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I actually did not have an answer to this question. I was, as you guys were answering, I was just trying to think like, like who? Because most of these famous people, it's really not a lot that I want to talk to them about. Politicians, they're so polished. I don't want to get, you know, some talking point type of answer. So I came up with two possible answers. One is I was wondering what I want to speak with every black billionaire and ask them, do they have any interest in starting you know, like a black owned bank and a lot of things that uh, Arazio's buddy talks about, like does any of that, Umar Johnson, by the way, does any of that get to them? And is that something that they have attempted and just found roadblocks that they were not able to get through? But my other one is, I think how we're portrayed in the media and stuff is very important. It definitely plays a big part in how uh, racism remains in this country and how black people are perceived. And then you look at how women deal with a lot of that as well. And I was trying to think of like one of the more famous black women journalists. And I came I came up with Gail, Gail King. I'm not sure if she's a journalist, but she does a lot of reporting and stuff. And I just would like to ask her, has she because she's been accused of being too critical when it comes to like black people that are going through something versus white people. Like a lot of people like to point out how she was friends or friendly 
with uh, Harvey Weinstein, her and Oprah were. But then she has said like very critical things about, I think, Chris Brown or whatever like that. Uh, Robin Roberts has gotten a lot of this as well. So she can fall into this category also. But I would like to ask them, have they felt pressure to be harder on black celebrities because it was so hard for them to get where they are that they feel compelled to try to prove that, hey, I can be tough on my own people in order to please their bosses. It's something that they felt or is that's just something that black people are just sensitive about when it comes to our celebrities and will criticize you anytime you're critical of an R. Kelly, of a Chris Brown, of a T.I. Or, or anybody who has gotten in trouble multiple times. I just would like to see what type of pressure they felt not only in the position that they're in now, but as they climb the ranks, what type of things did they feel like they had to sacrifice or do in order to get to where they are? Do they regret anything they've done? So just a whole conversation about behind the scenes and media and how everything is portrayed and how stories are packaged and given to us and to get some insight from them. Because while I don't agree with a lot of the criticism, I do think there is something to some of it. And so, like, we remember Snoop Dogg going off on Gail King because one of the first things she brought up right after Kobe's death was the rape accusation. And it was an accusation. He wasn't even convicted of it. It was an accusation that got settled before it ever went to any type of criminal trial. And so for her to bring that up, that pissed a lot of black people that were already mad at her off. So just would love to see and get information from her or Robin Roberts on those type of things. Yeah. And that's just something I thought of because I could not think of an answer. And, and that's sad, though, bro. <laughs> that, like, uh, our most famous people out there, you don't really want to pick their brain on much, right? And that that's, that's a sad state of affairs where we're like, yeah, I really don't want to talk to that person. Uh, because of, like you said, it's either I think they're super smart, but they're going to give me some polished answer and I'm not going to get the real from them because you feel like they're fake. I hate to say it like that, but like when you talk about politicians yeah. and everything, like can I would love to talk to Obama, but am I going to get the real Obama? Right. Like, off right, it, like right. unless I'm in his inner circle where I can sit and laugh and joke with him, am I really going to get the real Obama? And I think so if, if you put it in that terms of, you know, you're going to get the real them. Like they're gonna open up, they're gonna give you everything about the real. Then yeah, it probably would be Obama, right? Like it, it, you want to talk to him, but again, I didn't pick them for that same reason. I didn't feel like I was gonna get the real him. I, I didn't feel like I was gonna get everything that I needed out of that conversation. Um, and so it's just really sad, man. When you, but and also, social media gives you this. They all have this platform, right? I can go follow them and get probably all the nuggets that they have off and their see, social media. That's account. why I did. That's why I didn't name Bomani Jones because I love Bomani Jones, but I feel like I damn near know pretty much every answer to what I would want to ask him. Yeah, so that, that would be there'd be no need for. It. Plus, I made it hard by saying they have to be alive because most of the people are dead that I would love to have spoken mm-hmm. to. Yeah, that's another thing, and, and I think it's because you have answers that you can't get the question or you have questions you can't get yeah, the answers to yeah, anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's exactly why, you know, I had to shift when you said they had to be alive. Well, and maybe this is me and um, I don't think I'm that easily impressed by people. I think because we have access to people now, you know, we're not as easily 
you know, what what do I really want to know? Like Obama, like you said, there's a few people, but at the end of the day, I feel like it would be very canned. You know, um, would I get the real? Then what would I take from him outside? Man, I got to talk to Obama. You know, he's going to tell me to stay in school and eat my vegetables and, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I, I don't I don't know. You know what? What would I rather? What I what would I really gain from those conversations? And um, yeah, because it, it's so often people look at celebrities and, and people with big names as the most knowledgeable in the room. And like you say, we have net, we have networks and we have access to people that are really knowledgeable about this stuff. Like I have doctors that work at the CDC that I can in my phone that I could call. I have high power lawyers. I know C-suite individuals in fortune 500 companies in my phone that I can call. So it's like, Oh, because they're a celebrity doing it. It's like, I have just as much access with people that I could get the real from. So why would I be like, Oh yeah, I want to talk to da- Jamie diamond who's the CEO of Citibank, I think, uh, or, or is it Chase? I can't remember. Jamie Dimon is one of them, uh, of the big three. And so why would I want to like, oh yeah, I'm going to go talk to him when I could go talk to, you know, our chief economist at PNC right now. Like, you know, I could just chat him like, hey, can I ask you a couple questions? So it, it's one of those things that I could get down to the information much, much faster uh, with my network that I have right now. I know most people don't have that. And so they may just be like, well, I want to talk to Jamie. But I I think ultimately, you know, it's we're at that level that we have that access that a lot of people may not have. Like with you, but but you could just randomly be like, hey, Senator, whoever, your congresswoman, whoever, Mm -hmm. you know, let me ask you this. And and they'll probably give you the time of day. Right. So it's it's a very Mm -hmm. different for for us saying we want to talk to him than you talking to him. Oh, that was a lot of flexing you did, by the way. Oh no! Who else was Yeah, yeah. So, so, didn't want to let you escape without saying that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got a bunch of now, yeah. buddy. That's a you. That's a you. You got them too, Bird. You know that, like. <laughs> yeah. So, um, good question. Good question. Well, your question actually is going to kind of segue because I'm. Um, and to my question, I I kind of finished by saying I don't think we're that easily impressed with uh, people. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a us thing, uh, where we're at in our lives thing, you know, age thing. Um, it's just a new cultural thing where our expectations of people have grown. So one of the things I I, I, mentored, I just mentioned that I, I love mentoring and I've been challenged several times to get my own mentor. We've talked about this before, you know, and this, this is a couple of years ago. We had this conversation and this was uh, probably maybe our first season. We talked about mentoring. I'm finding a mentor. So my question is, is multiple do you guys have a mentor? If why or why not? And if you had to find one, what are the things that you would look for in a mentor? Because I'm this is and this is personal because I'm looking to find a mentor and I've had my personal challenges with finding one. And maybe you guys can uh, I tune the brothers three brothers no sense for uh, a 
a lot of my knowledge. So maybe you guys can shed some light on how I'm going about this and maybe I'm going about the wrong way. Um, officially, no. Unofficially, yes. And I'll say the mentors I've had, they didn't necessarily know they were my mentor, so to speak. But I definitely um, picked their brains on a lot of important uh, things that I needed help with. So I never just say, hey, you're my mentor. But like I say, unofficially, they were. And what I look for is someone who um, can can challenge me to uh, think outside the box on certain issues. Uh, doesn't necessarily always agree with me. Like we have similarities in, in what we think about certain things, but you know, every once in a while, if you know my response to something is this, they could be that type of person that's like, well, hold on. Have you looked at it from this way? Or maybe you should do this. Uh, so I want I want to be challenged at times and I want someone that's knowledgeable. Like, you know, we 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 talk about social media all the time on this on this show, but there are so many um, you know, all of a sudden there's these tax experts, there's these LLC experts, uh, everybody knows what to invest in and, and, and flip money and all that kind of stuff. No thanks. I'm good. I want I want actual experts that have failed and learned from them and you know, have, have, have succeeded eventually after, you know, learning from their failures so they can tell you what to avoid, what not to do, what you should do. And, uh, you know, they've been through what I'm going through at the time or about to go through. Example, if I'm thinking about getting into real estate, they've been in it for years. You know, they, they stumbled here, they failed there. Now they're succeeding here and there, things like that. So that's what I would look for. But Again, so, not not officially, but unofficial mentors. So you brought up a couple good things. So do you think it's important to have that? Not that title, but that that connection or that knowledge like, hey, I'm looking, I'm Byron, I'm coming to you like I'm, you know, uh, that understanding of the relationship one and two. You mentioned a couple of things like real estate and stuff like that. Are you looking for a single mentor or would you be looking for a single mentor for each kind of category of life that they, you know, that you can get? Or is like you want somebody who, you know, if I was if I was 25 and I had access to you or Rozzy. I could look to you guys for mentorship on multiple levels, right? Not just, you know, I got, you know, I got homeboys who make a lot of good money doing the stuff, you know, this and that. But when it comes to their family life, you know, it's like, well, they've kind of kicked the family to the curb or people who are just super family people. And it's just like, you know, you're living check to check and you're not setting yourself up for this and that, you know, so those are some things, uh, I don't know if you want to answer those now or Rise, you want to jump into it and Buff, we can come back to you. I just said I've always had more than one person that I looked at as a mentor. So definitely not just a singular person. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll answer that question first. I, I definitely think it's multiple. Um, and it's mainly because, like you said, I'm going to take 
and look towards that mentorship for the positives that that person has gone through. Or sometimes it's the pain, right? Like they can explain the things that held them back. Oh, I'm not succeeding in work because I did this, this, and this. And so watch out for those pitfalls, right? So while I look at you, I think mentorship comes from a respect level of, I respect you as a person or as whatever, you know, that's there. And then we can kind of talk through the, you can give me advice. And sometimes it's not that you are the ultimate successful person in that. It's that I don't want you to be as bad as I did. I don't want you to go down this route. I went down that route and here's how it affected me. So be careful, right? So there's sometimes they can give you, they can be cautionary tales in mentorship as much as it is the, here's the blueprint to success. Um, and, And so I think definitely, you, you just got to take from each mentor what you can and build your own blueprint or your own roadmap based on that. Um, so to answer your question, yes, I have multiple mentors. And I, I remember when we asked this question and we were like, oh, I don't think I have a mentor. And then I really started thinking about it. And I think it's because I was looking for that one mentor that I'm like, that's my mentor. And I go to them for everything. And I don't have that. And I don't think I'll ever have that. What I do have, though, is I have somebody at work that when I'm talking about how I navigate work and how I need to navigate the organization and those types of things, I have a couple of people in work that kind of helps me out with that. I have a couple of people in my career path that maybe not can't help me with the, the politics at my current organization, but career path and wise, hey, this is a good step for you. This would be a good move for you, that type of thing. I have somebody like that. I have somebody that I look to. I mean, truthfully, you know, up until two years ago when my dad died, it was like my dad was that family man mentor that I had. Right. So I always had that to be like, well, what about this? What about this? And he'd be able to give me advice on that. And so now it's like I, I don't have that family man mentor anymore. But at the same time, I have you guys that I could talk to. So ultimately it would be you guys, right, that I can kind of look up to and talk to because we're at that point now that. We've been through, we've seen a lot of the pitfalls. We're at that age where we can talk about family life uh, together. We don't need a mentor to talk about it because we we can mentor each other, right? More as peers. So I don't, I don't know if I need a true mentor in that anymore because, I mean, I've got enough life experience and friends that have life experience that we can mentor each other. Um, so, and, and so I, I think that's what happens is you find people that you respect, that you can go to and ask questions about your life and you just want them to be able to to, to give you that feedback because of life experiences, right? So I, I think it's just hard to find mentors at our age because at our levels, right, you're talking about I'm needing chiefs on the uh, force, right, to be my mentor if I want somebody that's at a higher level than me that's going to talk to me about how to navigate this and that's been in the force longer or I need to I need the, the the VP of my line of business or the the president or the chief of my line of business. That's the pe- person that I can actually uh, talk to because everybody else is going to be my peers or below me. And so they really can't mentor you much, right? When they're, they're asking you questions, <laughs> you know, you probably know just as much, if not more than them in that role. So it's, it's, you do have to be intentional about reaching out. Uh, and, and it's funny, the one my mentor inside of uh, PNC, I literally reached out to him. I was like, hey, can I get on your calendar? I want some time. And I was like, can we just get a standing meeting uh, once a month to just talk? Because I need I need some help navigating PNC. Uh, and by our second 
uh, meeting, he I was like, hey, you're my mentor, whether you know it or not. He's like, oh, no, that's fine. Right. Like that's it, it's it's one of those things that we like formally said he's my mentor because I'm like, I, I respect you enough. You're high level enough. You've been in the organization long enough. I need to know how to navigate this this organization. Uh, and so that's how we kind of form that that like non-formal because we have a formal mentoring kind of set, you know, thing. But at the same time, it was an informal, but he is my mentor. He knows that, you know, I look to him for mentorship. Uh, so that that's kind of how I use it, man, is I've gotten out of the idea of having a single mentor because I, I don't think you're going to find that one person that can answer all your questions and get you everything you need uh, and just finding what you need uh, and, and, and finding somebody that can provide that for you. Uh, and maybe they have an expanded knowledge set that can kind of cover some other things. But if not, you find another mentor for those other things. Uh, and then you end up with this mentorship group that you can kind of look to and say, Hey, I've got these four or five people that I can call and get their input on this. And I know I'm going to, I'm going to be able to figure out what's happening based off the, that input from those folks. Okay, folks. Thank you. I mean, that's very helpful. So you, you guys both gave me some things to think about. One being, uh, Rosie, you, you kind of hit it on the head. Like I've been looking for that one mentor that's well-rounded enough. And I said, also, I'm not, I don't think I'm great at any single thing. I'm just good at good enough or good at most things, you know? And it's like, um, I think my therapist even said, I'm kind of looking for that, that version of me, you know, that, that for 4.0, right? Like they're like, okay, if I'm here, is there a version of me or somebody who's well-rounded enough that can give me the, the next steps. And, and I'll tell you, that uh, gets harder and harder, the, the higher and higher level. Like you, when you were for 1.0, you probably could find, mentor for that was at Ferg 2.0 that could get you to Ferg 2.0, right? That single person. But Ferg 3.0, you need two people to get you there because there's no one person that can get you there, right? And so as you get more uh, like higher leveled, it's just higher. It's just way harder to find that one individual person. You got to find multiple because I mean, it's, it's like getting a doctorate, right? You can't get a doctorate in all kind of stuff, right? You can go get a, a bachelor's and it's, ge- it's a general knowledge, right? Then you can get a master's and it's even more defined, but it's still a broad knowledge set. But then when you go get a PhD, it's like you're poking out and it's just like, the, I'm really, really good at this one thing. And so as you start hitting those rungs, you got to find people that can like cover multiple things, man. You can't look at one th- one thing for it. And, and I and I, I agree with that. And I think my challenge was, or my challenge still is, is getting past the fact that because you're, you know, that PhD in finance or whatever, does his strengths, do his strengths expose his weaknesses more? If that makes sense, right? You know, you have, you know, I know a lot of very successful people, like I was saying earlier, who are very career oriented. But when it comes to their families, their family suffered. You know, they got it. You know, they out here, you know, they making great money and ain't tricking if you got it. They out here doing living their best life, doing it all. But when it comes to the wife and kids, it's different. You know, um, they're able to say, you know, I'm a cut. I live off 50 percent of my income and do this, this and this. But you're a single person 
and you know your disposable income is different um or somebody who's very family oriented but they're not doing other things you know everything revolves around that so it's kind of like how do I find that balance and I think that's part of I'm very much into balance you know I'm not too one way or the other that's why I feel like I don't really have any super special talents or anything like that because I try to be so even kill with most things where you know I'm not all one way or the other so guys have given me some things to think about I'm gonna take those things uh what I call my values that the things that are most important to me and the things that motivate me and how I maneuver life and find a few people you know maybe some of those things can go hand in hand but a few people to you know finances you know even mental health you know just some people who are just at peace at life that's that's one thing you know how do you how do you maintain all of this mm-hmm. you know how do you how do you be that loving husband that loving father that provider but still not lose yourself and just stress yourself out what are you doing with all that so yeah and what I, what I will tell you because I, I mentor a lot of people and the thing about mentoring is they oftentimes come to me wanting me to give them the roadmap, give them do this and then do this and do this. And like you say, you got to maintain balance. So don't go too far on this one. Don't far on this one. And I think it, it's, it's, you have to take from your mentor, um, the, the nuggets of, Hey, I'm in this specific situation. I need help with this thing. And they can give you some advice on that. So maybe the guy that is excelling at work, that's sucking it up at, as a family person, you're like, Hey, I'm trying to get promoted to work. What I need to do. And that person can give you all the great advice to get promoted in that. Right. And so you have to decide, am I going to take that? And maybe it is, you know, not take going on my kids uh, with this vacation, but I'm going to get promoted. And then I can kind of swing back because it's, it's not this all the time. Like we, we, when we talked about, you know, putting your family or your wife before your kids, right. It's all about, who needs the more most win right it's not a all the time the parent comes first or the wife comes first all the time the kids come first it's what needs to happen right now and sometimes it's hey i gotta focus on work so i can get this promotion or whatever and that's going to be the next six months of my life i'm about to grind this out so i can get this promotion manager positions coming open i know it's coming open because my my manager said they're retired and i want to be the one that they look at yada 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 so i'm gonna go to more after hour events and stuff like that and so that mentor told you and gave you that playbook to have to do all of that where they're good at that they can get promoted they can get you that and so sometimes you gotta you gotta take what the mentors give you and you gotta make your own decision with it uh so just make sure that you aren't going into a mentorship relationship. And I'm probably talking to the listeners more than anything else. Don't go into a mentoring relationship with saying mentor, tell me exactly what I need to do. Cause that's not yeah. how mentorship works. Uh, it really is them saying, here's some advice. Here's how you can navigate this. Here's how you can navigate this, but you got to take all that in and figure out what works for you based on that. So uh, don't, don't put that pressure on the mentor to have to tell you exactly what you need to do. Um, I, I know you see it with the kids, right? It's like, what school should I go to? What should I pick? And what major should I? Uh, and it's like, that's your decision. I can tell you, you know, pros and cons of any of these, and but it's still your decision to make. And so I'm just here as guardrails, not necessarily that path. Okay, definitely good advice, fellas. My goal is going into 2024 by the end of next. Well, by the end of January, at least to have one mentor. 
Definitely. So I'll follow back up on that. Well, let's go ahead and close it on out, fellas. Who wants to go first? Well, uh, we didn't miss your story. During, no, we did not. We didn't actually. Um, during our time away, I was able to uh, visit the Book of Hope exhibit in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, so as this episode drops, you have exactly one week to make it. So I saw Dilla Hay was asking had anybody gone and she'd like to really go. But anybody that's interested, if you can make it to New York and if you're a Jay-Z fan, like you, you really need to be a Jay-Z fan to go. Um, you have one week to make it there. It ends December 4th. It's free to get in. Um, and it's, it's, it's really good, man. So so check that out. Rosie mentioned the all-class reunion at the top of the show. Um, I saw someone make a post where there was like the three top things in Mobile are Mardi Gras. I think two was the Senior Bowl and three was the LaFleur all-class reunion. And people were like, Mm, LaFleur all class may be number two. <laughs> like it may have surpassed Senior Bowl. And I just wanted to give props to whoever is involved, because Riley and I were talking about it before we began recording. Whoever's involved in getting this thing started and created, it is turning to a massive thing for the city. And as someone who lives a far uh, way up here in Virginia, it's always cool to to see the fun. Uh, that it brings and, and the pictures and everything. So I plan on being there next year. Obviously things can change, but I definitely plan on being there next year uh, down there for Thanksgiving and attending all class. But I just want to give props to all that are involved in putting that together and how you've created this thing that it that has pretty much become larger than the Senior Bowl, at least in some people's eyes, and is rivaling Mardi Gras. I don't think anything ever surpassed Mardi Gras Mobile, but it's it's getting up there. Uh, and last, <laughs> as we were gone, I guess I shouldn't laugh. Okay. Uh, uh, I thought I told you we won't stop. Mr. Oh. Diddy got in a bit of uh, uh, trouble, I guess you can say. Uh, Cassie settled a, a civil lawsuit with him for, we believe, $30 million, but I think it was undisclosed. I'm not sure. But a lot of things uh, were alleged against him, and uh, it was it was definitely a big talk on social media. So uh, it's going to be interesting because now more women are coming forward, just like with Weinstein, just like with uh, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby. Uh, so it's just going to be interesting to see if anyone else gets implicated. We've seen Aaron Hall get thrown into it. Uh, a lot of people are speculating or even hoping that Jay-Z isn't one of the people because he hung with Diddy a lot back in the day. So it's just going to be interesting to see where the different <laughs> limbs reach out to. Um, so that's something to keep yeah, an eye on. That whole story. Well, Diddy's a little different because, I mean, he has some serious accusations and some mm -hmm. serious um a lot of times when these things come out, first of all, you know, rape, uh, all all these things are wrong. Because I'm not trying to belittle them. It's it, but it's very interesting to see social norms of yesterday be tried with the social lens of today. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that we we judge today, you know, 
20, 30 years ago was more normal. And it's not even that it was saying it was good or, you know, what do you think? It was, it was just a norm. You know, we going back to not necessarily R. Kelly, but a lot of underage young ladies. I remember when we were in high school, we're dating grown men. Right. That was kind of the norm. When I was a junior or senior, the baddest chicks on campus, a lot of them weren't checking for our broke ass, you know. You know, it was the the dude who was in college playing football or things like that, where, you know, that was the norm. And so in today's world, like none of that's acceptable. So I want to see how these things pan out. And I also want to see if people are going to give them, I don't want to say the grace, but it's almost when you look at the situations around it. Like I forgot when um, the Me Too movement was first started, and whatever celebrity just came out say like we're, we're we're like we're all victims of that that time period. Like the ways we were taught, the things we were taught, the ways we were taught to move were normalized. A lot of people to be judged. It's gonna be it's gonna be very very interesting. So, but my bad for cutting you all. Oh no, that's all I got. Um, couple things so. I, we saw Kiki Palmer back in the news with Usher c- catching strays on that. So her and her mom, there's a video or audio out now of um, you know her and the baby daddy. Um, I never remember his name. Um, that's how unimportant he is in this whole situation. But Darius, Darius, Darius Jackson, yeah. yeah, where him, him and her were fighting, and uh, I, I just will say Kiki Palmer's mama is a gangster. So she was called. She was dropping all kind of f bombs and and calling uh like him him a, a pussy and a f and I, it was just it was crazy. So um yeah I I was I was surprised at that. I did, I did not think her mom would be that hood, but um you know it is sometimes you need that in your in your corner to call you out and and make sure that uh guys yeah. don't overstep. So. What I took from that 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 audio, first of all, her mom is very involved. I'll say that at least at some of her comments were just, yeah, right. You know, um, um, luckily she's not in a world where she can get canceled. Um, but what I did take from that is she seemed very open and had no filters, and unless, and I'm by no means am I taking up for Darius. But unless unless harassment equals DV, then I I I want to know more about what's going on these allegations because she seemed like she wasn't holding anything back on that call, and mm-hmm. she just kept saying you you keep harassing my daughter you keep harassing my daughter what kind of dude calls her this what kind of dude calls her that so I'm assuming she didn't know she was being recorded so it seemed like she had no filter so if you know, she seems like the type of person if he had actually hit her, if she was aware yeah. of Darius touching her and putting her hands on her, because I mean, she threatened to, did she pretty much threaten to get him raped or something? Like she, she was just, yeah, like yeah, she, she was did. all kind of like, I'm like, so I, I think that was, I think that was specific to the Usher Vegas thing. Okay, I don't, I don't think she knew about the the dv at the time perhaps but i heard but i heard that and i could be wrong that um 
she had reached out to his brother in the past about domestic violence or something like that. Maybe I, I do know everybody caught a stray. His brother caught a stray. Usher, Maybe. she brought his uh, grandma in it. Oh, yeah. His whole family, <laughs> his mama. She's like Daddy, your grandma. Like, your grandma told me if you ever listen to your mama, then you stupid. <laughs> your mom, she said your mama. I was like, wait a minute. The grandma yeah. talking about her daughter like that. Yeah, so she <laughs> called both of them crazy. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, man, it seemed like she would have put it all out there, especially yeah. when I heard that. She had reached out and none of that, you know, and I tried not to follow it, a lot of it. I try, I'll try to wait for the facts. But just when I heard it, just as, you know, a normal person, those are things that because I just I was waiting on her to say something about it because she's like, OK. And she was say, and if you put your hands on my daughter again, like that's what I was waiting for, because she seemed like she was about that life. And at no point did she bring that up. So. And from my understanding, you know, reports say that this has been going on for a while. All it takes is once. So I'm not saying um, he did or didn't. It just, but yeah, her mom was. Yeah, yeah. I, I think her mom probably wasn't aware of it uh, because you know none of us were aware of it, right? Like, I, I think it's one of those things that I think Kiki was keeping that close in house, and and not mm-hmm. a lot of people were kind of privy to how bad it was, right? Like, I. I I think the the harassment, the him trying to be controlling that part of it, I think was what the mom knew about. I don't know if it was necessarily, okay. you know, as she was okay. privy to as much as you know we're we're starting to learn Kiki, now. Kiki kept the DV to herself, uh, it seems, but she definitely didn't keep his penis size to herself because <laughs> the mama kept referencing that too. I'm like, why does the mama keep talking about his package in such detail? <laughs> What is Kiki been saying? Well, I was gonna let that go. <laughs> so, but I just want to throw that out there, man. Other thing uh, is, congrats to Haley, the newest member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So, I think that's how they say it. Um, when when she crossed, so. Uh, she was so super excited, man. I'm so proud of her. Um, had a really, really good time at their probate. They did a really good job. So shout out to the Inquisitive 84, I think is is their name. I know, right? It's a lot of them. But, uh, you know, uh, they did a really, really good job, man. I'm so proud of them. They haven't had a line in three years. So she was really scared she wasn't going to be able to pledge uh, undergrad. Um, and she graduates in December. So I think we'll have one more uh one more episode before she graduates but um i'm excited for her man she's graduating in on the 8th she is was able to cross aka good job on that man so it's just on to the next and and higher parts and points in life but uh just keep keep pushing keep climbing Haley. uh super proud of you baby did you get her the uh the spread that she wanted? Uh no. Oh, that's another thing. So, uh parents out there, if you have kids that are pledging now, this new thing that uh I guess happened during the social media era is that you're supposed to collect all of their apparel that they get from friends, family and everything and you're supposed to like put the spread out on their bed and let them walk into the room and see it. I knew nothing of that. So she got enough stuff to do it, but I thought the girls were putting that out when they got everything from folks and taking a picture. No, it's this whole thing now where they're supposed to walk in and see it like it's Christmas morning or something. So I didn't do that because I didn't know that was a thing 
for real. Uh, but yeah. Would you Would you have done it? I probably would have, or you know, her mom would have done it if we knew any better. But we didn't think that was kind of how it worked. Yeah. So people were like sending yeah, yeah. her stuff, and she was like collecting it over the week. She was getting a whole bunch of stuff, but we would have just kept it all and and set the spread out if we had known. So parents out there, that's a new thing. They like it. So if if you want to do that, you want to be a part of that. Um, just know that that's something that they kind of expect and like now. I don't like it. I don't like this whole social media. Gotta like do that type of stuff. But I'm not a big gift surprise person anyway. So, but you gotta you gotta speak in their love language for not in yours. <laughs> that's all I got, man. Yeah, sometimes I just draw the line. <laughs> so you're not gonna do that for Sky well, when she crosses. Her mama might. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, her mama might. Um, but by then it'll be completely something completely different. You know, so they'll be uh, doing proposals and stuff where they, they want like cars and all that stuff. By then, it's just it's just ratchets up and up more and more. Yeah, like that pledge. Yeah, like I pledged. I told her I was like I pledged. I had three three t shirts and an umbrella, and I was I was happy to have the umbrella. Yeah, I don't think I had all that. <laughs> yeah, I think I had a, a keychain, a freaking dog tag, maybe a shirt. Is it? And I ran a, but like a scarf or something random, or a hoodie. Not a hoodie, a scully. Maybe not. Maybe I got that later. But um, I don't have a lot, you know. Um, glad we're officially in that holiday season mode. I think right around that week of Thanksgiving on through Christmas into the new year. It's just a special time. I just love this time of year. As we get older, this time means a lot, you know, uh, different things. You know, like you brought up earlier, Rizzi, you know, this is the second Thanksgiving you know, your dad's been gone and, you know, this it's those are the memories we have. So I, I tell people to take the time to reflect on your loved ones. If you are feeling down or whatever, seek um, seek help because, you know, the suicide rate and things go up drastically around this time of year. So I urge all our listeners, if you know anybody that has lost anybody recently or whatever checking on them check on them you know uh i wish i could say that all it takes is a year or so to get over things it's, it's just it's it's ongoing i think rizzy says that all the time you know some days some months some years are better than others all it takes is one situation one trigger and you know you could be down a rabbit hole so uh to everybody, enjoy the holidays for what it is. Uh, to our listeners, thank you for uh, rocking with us another year. We're coming close to the end of the year. So with that being said, Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast, Six Rules of Podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.